Hey guys, before we get started, I want to be honest. This episode was difficult for me. It's about depression. We invite a once distant friend of mine who became close through him listening to our podcast and giving feedback and stuff like that and having discussions with me via chat. Sometimes we forget that people go through things outside of our own little worlds. It's easy to just assume that everyone is fine. JP opened my eyes in this episode, and as I fought back tears talking to him, I'm reminded of how important it is for us to look after one another. If you or anyone else is suffering from depression, anxiety, or anything like that, we are not mental health professionals, but we'll do our best to get you connected with one. It's time we made it normal to talk about depression, and I hope you all find value in this episode. The goal of the Salumas podcast is simple. Take a candid, objective, and often comedic approach to the human condition. In keeping with this, the use of expletives, crude humor, and references to harsh realities are commonplace. If you find any of this to be offensive, please throw your listening device in the trash. If not, enjoy the show. And we are back for another episode of the Salumas Podcast. This is Kalu. This is Chris. This is Brandon in the background. And today we've got a special guest. I know I say that all the time for like every single person we that comes on. always have a special yeah, it's, guest. It's, <laughs> not, it's lost its meaning because you overuse no, it. Everyone, okay, so super special guest. Now he's being condescending. Really? Slightly. God, he, he, said, really? he can see right through me. Kalu's head <laughs> tilted completely 90 degrees like, sideways. Really? <laughs> But, uh, all right, well, shit, I don't have a better term, so we have a friend of mine um, that I'm very excited to have on. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, my name is J.P. Mann. Go on. <laughs> That's about it. I mean, it's- <laughs> all right, so I wanted to get J.P. on, first of all, because he's what I, for real, call like a day one, man. He's just been riding with us and listening to us since since the beginning, and so it's been really awesome to be able to have his support and you know after different episodes that we have he's been really really awesome and giving us feedback and and telling us like just just saying good things you know and that's something that means a lot to me and so I really appreciate you doing that because you know we're what we want people to see that we're doing uh, we want them to see our passion that's pretty much it you know and uh, we aren't doing it for shit loads of likes and all this other stuff we're doing it because we just don't feel anyone is doing it out there no one's being real and talking about some of the stuff that we're talking about or putting fun yeah it is fun it feels like therapy truthfully when we're out there and we're just speaking our hearts and stuff like that so um it's it's really it's been it's been an awesome awesome year and so one thing that we haven't really talked too much about is the reason why i'm wanting to have you on here and uh it's about just especially it's a big topic for men and it's like it's just depression you know and Mm so uh i know that that's something that uh you and I have talked about in just different chat messages and stuff like that. And I'm really glad that you're, you know, that you want to be able to speak on it with us today. And so uh, just take it from here, man. Just talk to us about it. Help us understand. Uh, Well, I mean, like, uh, if I'm going to be honest, uh, it was probably five or six months ago. I got uh, a full diagnosis. I have uh, severe anxiety and uh, moderate to severe depression. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife, which had known that for probably 
12 years that we've been together. So she already Everyone knew knows it. it. Yeah. Everybody knew it. It was just more me trying to say, no, it's just me being a guy kind of deal. Like just dealing with like just shit in general, you know, yeah. like just life. Um, and so, um, funny thing is like, uh, listening to the podcast and, um, listening to you guys, I actually decided to get into therapy. Wow. Um, so like wow. my wife and I had had the discussion for years, uh, a really close friend of mine, Trent had said, Hey man, like it's not a, it's not a weakness, but as a man, you feel like it's a weakness to have to go and talk to somebody about your problems. Yeah. Um, cause you're supposed to, you know, choke that shit down, like rub dirt on it. You know, like yeah. it's not one of those things that you're supposed to talk about openly mm-hmm. and, um, and also you don't want to feel like a burden to other people exactly yeah. exactly um so my coping mechanism with my depression and anxiety is um i would honestly just hermit up like i would not talk to anybody like i mean i could go somebody for months for weeks i mean they were still my friends it was just i always try to make an excuse not to deal with them uh because i didn't want to deal with life in general hmm. um and the tipping point um, was my wife and I were having a discussion about like how like I am super depressed and um, she gave me a real a real situation that she deals with daily dealing with somebody that is that has depression and she told me um, she said you know she's terrified to come home sometimes because she didn't know if I was gonna uh, complete suicide Damn. she was like, that and she she started crying. I mean, obviously that, that's something to be emotional about. Yeah, and like that broke me. Like I was, I didn't know that I had that effect on her. Holy shit! Um, so like, and I'm not trying to like take this to a real grim place. Real no, uh, that that's that's what we're supposed. That's what we do here, man. That's that's uh, that's exactly what happened, man. So uh, after that point, like I looked to get um uh, some help. Um, so I reached out, obviously. Through whatever my insurance was going to pay for, because yeah. that is isn't that a shame that you have to think about that first. Oh yeah, man, because like that is a straight out of pocket cost. It's a like, lot of red tape, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, I found uh, a great uh, therapist. Uh, I did some uh, some, which is a fortunate thing to mm-hmm. find someone who's sure. a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be honest with you. The first person that they were going to give me was a guy that is uh, he's a therapist, and I'm not taking anything away from male therapists. But he is a workout freak. And I was like, listen, man, I was like, I got my own shit dealing yeah. with. I don't need you to tell me to go do some reps and feel better about myself either. Yeah. Because, right. um, I mean, as being the size man that I am, I don't want to be like, well, now I'm being You judged. mean size fucking beautiful. Oh, right? yeah, man. Like, I mean, I'm 300 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's just what it is, man. Like, these baby blues, You've worked man. on that, haven't you? Oh, for sure, man. Yeah. These baby blues will drop panties all day. God damn it. We got green and blue and then we open. We just got black. Holding it down with the, the black and the brown. <laughs> yeah. No, man. That's a uh, golly. That's that's just insane. That's truth. It, it it's it's insane how far you've come and and the fact that it took something like that to really get you to 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 figure it out. A lot of people, and, and I commend your wife for for coming forward and telling you, I'm I'm afraid to come home. Like that's something that I feel like a lot of people probably feel the same and just they don't know how to to express it in that way. Sure. Well, I think it, one common thing for us is to go through and just try to battle with someone and tell them you're depressed, you're depressed, you're depressed, but mm-hmm. tell them you're scared. When well, and, and actually I guess it was was it earlier this week? Or maybe last week. I think it was earlier this week. Mm-hmm. We had at work what's called QPR training, which is exactly that addressing people um, having suicidal ideation, self-harm, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And uh, 
the the most overwhelmingly the largest impediment as far as being that person to reach out is just fucking saying it. Yeah. Sure. So the the fact that she was willing to come forward, I mean, I know that's your wife, but the fact that she had the the gumption to come forward and be like, "Yo, you're really scaring the absolute shit out of me." Sure. Right yeah. Now. My mm. wife has a huge pair of balls, man. She'll put me in my place anytime she wants, and I yeah. I respect that because like I feel like that's we have that truth between us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's easier to talk about. Like if, if I walked in and I had a broken leg, like, oh man, like what's going on? Like, how'd you break your leg? But like some people are dealing with something inside and mm. they, you can't see that. Yeah. So then because you can't see it, then you don't know what they're going through. So mm-hmm. like, um, my therapist, uh, she had mentioned that I'm considered what would be like a functional depression. Like I can, I, I'm a functionally depressed person. I can go to work every single day. I can do everything that I've got to do, mm-hmm. but it feels like there's just this, this like overwhelming amount of just shit that just sticks to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and because of that, like, I feel like it's a failure after a failure after a failure and just, it just keeps piling up. And then all of a sudden, like you're just under this mountain of just terrible thoughts about yourself and um so like that's one of the things that we're currently working on is to um to try to get that like out of my psyche essentially Mm -hmm. because i mean like this is something that obviously is is not that i started you know just because it was convenient like it's something that that started as a child so um it's really i mean it's it's been really like eye-opening so when do you think that these feelings started coming through to you it's it's honestly hard. It's it's hard to say. I think everybody else noticed it, and I just didn't because I thought it was part of my life. Huh. Um, like honestly, like um, I I know that my wife noticed it probably within I'd say a year of us being together. Yeah. Um, just being together, not actually before. We, I mean, before we got married, not actually like while we were married. Yeah. She knew it then. Um, I think some people had like an inkling, like there was something up, but it was just like just. JP being JP kind of situation. Yeah. You know, did you do one of the things that we had talked about on this on this podcast where we talked about like like owning the pain and having the pain being on your terms? So like one of the things I was for ask that same yeah shit. yeah. So like for for me when I was you know even bigger than what I was, one of the things that I would do is sort of acknowledge, oh here's the fat guy, you know I'm 500 pounds, you know I'll make jokes about myself just so I could own that part and make it be like a comedic type of thing so no one would hurt me or say anything in a way that would make me feel bad about so myself. So like I guess mm-hmm. the comparable thing would be like maybe a, a macabre sense of humor with regard to you know for sure for sure and like um and I've always been like that like I've always had like uh the idea like if I made the joke first somebody else isn't going to make it they aren't going to hurt know? you. But yeah. also um uh like I used to make like some really grim jokes about like, I would say something like, babe, I'm not going to kill myself. Just go to work or something like that. And she like, it would, I'm not giving good context, but like we'd be going back and forth and I'd yeah. say something like that. And like, she would just get this look on her face and yeah. she's like, that's not funny. Yeah. And I probably made like a few of those jokes too many. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Like yeah. I did make a few of those. And then like, I realized that like she really was concerned about it. Yeah. And once we had like a few good conversations, like it was something that, like, um, I guess it's probably like you have to deal with like alcoholism the same way. Like mm-hmm. you can talk to somebody about it, but like they have to be the one that wants to get help. You can't force it on them. Yeah. And so like I got to the point where I was like, I definitely need help. Hmm. Did it like describe that that process? Like I know you said you went and talked to a, a couple people. What was that like? Just when the when the therapist is sitting there with you, how do you even just say like how do you talk about what? 
is, and I'm doing my air quotes wrong with you. So, um, it, the lady that I go to is fantastic. And, um, she, she really like made me feel comfortable. Um, and I think it really helped because they do a test before you get in there mm. to see like where you're at and like your, um, your depression or anxiety or something like that. Did it feel weird having to like thinking that something that has been causing you so much pain needed to be quantified? Nah, like no. I'm, I'm pretty good with that. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, like I was just figuring like, I didn't, honestly, I didn't think I was that far off. Okay. I was like, I was like, maybe I'm just like kind of mildly depressed. Yeah. Didn't even think I had anxiety. Like, well, that wasn't even on my radar, but I did realize that when she said, okay, do you know your test results? And I was like, no, ma'am. And we went through it and she said, well, you have severe anxiety and you are moderate to severe depressed. And I was like, well, shit. Like, I'm <laughs> like, I, I didn't know I was that far gone, you know? Yeah. Um, I thought I had it under control. Yeah. And uh, clearly I didn't, so. what's, what's there's reciprocity sure. between those two things. Mm-hmm. That a- the yeah. anxiety and the depression feed off of one another. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you like you were talking about retreating, like you mm-hmm. just kind of wanted to step away from everything. Mm-hmm. Man, I even find myself doing that. When yeah. I get in the doldrums, and I, it's not, from a clinical standpoint, mm-hmm. depression, but these acute instances where you just are, and I don't know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a retreat from everything else. And, huh. uh, I guess, and this is a little bit of an aside, but I saw something earlier today that said uh, uh, nothing great or everything great is on the other side of discomfort. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. And the, the, the comfort seeking goes along with it. I mean, you, you're anxious, so you... you you put yourself in a situation where you're going to mitigate that anxiety as much as possible, mm-hmm. which stifles social progress mm-hmm. or professional progress. And then the cycle just continues mm-hmm. over and over again. And I know I've taken it on a bit no, of a no. convoluted path, but <coughs> we literally have just been jousting with this very thing at work here recently. One thing I want to ask just like everyone, cause I truthfully don't, um, I, I don't 100% understand it, and maybe it's thankfully because I I don't lack for confidence or, or anything like that. I, I would say I don't lack for confidence anymore, right? But what does it truly mean to be, to feel or to have anxiety versus being like just nervous about something? Well, from a clinical standpoint, okay, it, it comes down to... Do, is it a malady? Does it cause distress in one's life? You know what I'm saying? Like it, if it manifests itself such that it is productive and it is not causing any kind of residual psychological or physiological discomfort, then it's totally within the realm of, of being copacetic. And like you were talking about having a therapist that possibly his solution would be go to the gym and sweat that shit out. Mm-hmm. Different strokes for different folks. Sure, I agree. Yeah, when, when, when it comes to addressing all of this kind of stuff. I completely but, agree. But I think that that's, that's kind of the foundation, maybe. Yeah. I'll say, too, one of the things that I, I was also told, like, you know, go work out. There's the endorphin release and all that sure. kind of stuff. But um, the one thing that I realized, especially when the, when the weight came off, because I didn't – I went to therapy – after the weight came off, mm-hmm. not like before. And so I went to therapy and when 
and I've said it before in my episodes that I was angry that people started talking to me and people started Mm -hmm. gravitating toward me because I I put on some muscle and lost some weight. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And I became very, very bitter and very, very angry and stuff like that with people. And so the point I'm trying to make is that I can't 100% like agree with a lot of the people that say just just roll to the gym because I feel like there's genuinely some shit that's wrong or, sure. or that that needs to be addressed that no amount of muscle or sweating is going to fix for you because I see it in the gym I see a lot of like really really broken people mm-hmm. or, or that's it feels negative to say it that way but one of the things I do like about the gym is that the people that that really get it that are in there it's something that we could all sort of talk about. You know, it's sure. something that we all like a lot of people in there are just like, all right, I know you're going through some shit and just go over there and ask someone, Hey, are you good? Cause they, I've seen people going through shit in the gym. I've, mm-hmm. there was, it was, was a couple, maybe about a month or two ago. There was a girl on the, on the treadmill and she was like, face was red. Like she was like crying, you know, she, she had just been, and I just walked about Like I, I didn't even walk up to her. I walked past her, looked at her. And I was like, you good? That was it. You know what I'm saying? It's just one of those things. An like acknowledgement. Some, just sure. acknowledgement. Like, I see you. And that's it. You know, sometimes that goes such a long way for mm-hmm. a lot of people. And when you're going through depression, sometimes you maybe you just want to be seen for a second. Like, you want to be, you want to feel openly and be seen and not have people like giving you sympathy shit the entire time. Right. You know and, what I mean? And I think an element that needs to be explored is whether, and, and it's not a negative thing to treat symptoms, mm. but I think incrementally, sometimes we do just treat the symptoms without yes. addressing the root cause. And that's the thing you're talking about people that go and they pour their, whatever this chaotic energy is into something. But to no end. Yes. It just mm-hmm. gets poured into it. They're spinning their wheels. They go to the gym. And it's kind of the old school psychological concept where children that were exposed to violent outlets, you know, beating the Bobo doll up, mm-hmm. um, they momentarily experienced a, you know, a, a relief in tension. They were, they were easier to deal with but ultimately exhibited more aggressive behaviors. Mm -hmm. So simultaneously, yes, using that as part of the equation, treating symptoms momentarily to alleviate discomfort, that has utility, but you can't do that without addressing the root causes, I think, at the same time. Yes. And and that's where therapy comes in. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. But I think as a man, it is... I think it's now becoming a little more socially acceptable, Mm -hmm. but as a man, like, if, if I said... I'm going to therapy. A lot of people are put off by that. Like they don't want to hear that. Yeah. And because of that, like that's why you try to you try to carry that burden by yourself. You mm-hmm. don't want to share that. But like um like my wife goes to a therapist and she can tell anybody she wants to and like they're like, "Oh my god, that's fantastic." But if I said that to a guy, they would be like, "Get your shit together, man!" Yeah. Like hegemonic masculinity. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Fall in line. Be be like us. Be tough. Be whatever. Yeah. I mean, silly. the thing is, like, if I was gonna be like that, honest to God, like I could tell you, if I wasn't seeing a therapist, like we would not be having this conversation. Like I can tell you, full fledged, like. I was the type of person I was like, you know, like if I'm driving home, like would it be so bad if I wrap my car around a tree? Like, Damn. like that's the shit that goes through your head. But the thing is, like, you're sucking it up for as long as you're at work or when you're dealing with life. You don't say anything to anybody. You just try to choke that, choke it down. And then at some point, you're just like, I've got to do something because, like, 
if I'm not doing it at least for myself, like I have a significant other that like I would hate for her to be a widow at yeah. like 31, you know, mm-hmm. like that's that's terrible. I mean, she'd be fine. I've got life insurance. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah, but, you know, I I said that joke to my wife one yeah. time, and I was like, "You'll get half a million dollars if I die." And like, I thought I was being like funny. Yeah. Crying. No, she wants the Cry. money. She wants the person. She doesn't want yeah, the money. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you can go get some big fake titties and yeah. go oh, be yeah. on an island and do whatever yeah. you want. And Half she, a no. meal can get you somewhere. Yeah, I mean, man. it'll get you the fuck out of Bowling Green. Yeah, man. Was not happy. <laughs> you could just buy another me. Yeah, yeah. yeah for well, real. Yeah. You can just buy yeah. ten Hold of on. me, man. And they could look I'm real way what? better. What yeah. about buying people? I, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's all you said. It's Blue's turn this time. You duplicitous bitch. Oh, my God. All right, so one of the things that you had said just a little bit earlier was that you you were you were dealing with mounting failures and failures mm-hmm. piling up. What explain that part? What does a failure look like? Oh man, it could be anything. Like for me, like it was like I didn't make the fucking bed that morning. Like a failure to me was just not being a better person, and that was every really? single day. I mean, like there was just I mean, and it's, and it's in it's inconsequential shit like it really yeah. is like it does not matter like it doesn't matter if i made the bed before i like i left the house like it doesn't matter but to me i was like i failed i did not do something that i could have done to be a better human that day would would someone be mad at you if you no uh i'll even give you a really good example we were talking about getting a haircut earlier yes. um i was at a barber shop one time i'm not gonna say the name because i will never go to this place again <laughs> not because i gave... went to super cuts or some shit like nah that. man cost cutters. I, cost oh, cutters. that's pretty rough man <laughs> they got a place in walmart you should not they get your hair in bowl cuts <laughs> that's what they do um hey those are lit i know they are kind of <laughs> so i really recognize this um there was a gentleman in there that um I'm not going to say he had a mental illness. I, I don't know, but he was definitely not present in the, in in the moment. Um, and um, he was talking to himself a little bit. He went to the restroom for a little while. He came back out, and the gentlemen there that were cutting the hair were like, "We're all packing heat. I'm not really worried what happens." And I'm like, "I'm like, guys, like this guy just needs a haircut and maybe a hot meal." Yeah. And he was he was like uh, he. The guy was very, like, he was very disheveled. Like, you could tell, like, he just wasn't present. And, like, we were down there um, close to, like, the medical center. So, like, he was, you could probably see like, something was up. You know, like, I'm not trying to make an assumption well, about like, somebody. And the bridge is in relative proximity. Sure. Yeah. It's, I deal with that population quite a bit. So, they were they were saying a lot of negative stuff. And I know that day that I failed as a human being because I didn't say anything because uh, I was part of that group. I was there and stand I, up for I him. didn't stand up for him. And I like I bet I beat myself up for probably six months because Holy of that crap. one thing. Because the thing is, like, I failed as a human that day. Like I didn't fail as like just JP. I failed as a human because there was somebody else that clearly needed help. And I was part of that group. I wasn't one I wasn't one of the ones that said anything, but silence speaks volumes. Mm. And that crushed me. And like I like I God's honest truth, man. I got home and I cried about that. I cried because I failed another human being. Holy crap. And like that, I mean, for and six And in turn, months, you feel like you're failing yourself then. Exactly. Like I failed because I should have done something. And Ugh. like, God, that crushed me. I, at least six months, minimum. Holy crap. There's something I want to, I want to read here. And I want to, to see if that is something that resonated with you. 
Um, it says some men with depression hide their emotions and may seem to be angry, irritable, aggress- or aggressive, while many women seem sad, uh, seem sad or express sadness. Men with depression uh, may feel very tired and lose interest in work, family, or hobbies. This is different for you because you said you were functionally mm-hmm. depressed, correct? Okay. Uh, they may be more likely to have difficulty sleeping than women who have depression. Uh, sometimes uh, mental health symptoms appear to be physical issues. For example, a racing heart, tightening chest, ongoing headaches, or digestive issues can be sign of a mental health problem. Many men are more likely to see their doctor about physical symptoms than emotional symptoms. Did that kind of play? Did you have like the stomach hurting and indigestion and all that other kind of stuff? Yes, uh, not to get like too gross, but uh, I was actually passing blood for about three years. I was so stressed out about. Do you have like an ulcer? And shit? No, no, man. Like, uh, so I actually had to have a colonoscopy, uh, and which I'll be honest with you, that was the most tra- traumatic thing in my entire life. Really? I saw a whip. That like looked like some shit that uh, like Indiana Jones would have in the operating room. I was like, "What is that?" They're like, "It's going in your butt." And man. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> it's I was like, the of like, Dome. and I mean, like, <laughs> damn right it is." And I mean, like, it was wrapped up like two or three times. I was like, "Man," I was like, "There's only so much of me." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh man," like they had to put me down right there because like my heart was like going Brandon's crazy. Face. Oh, Brandon's face right now. <laughs> He's like, "I That's put Brandon's... so many whips in my butt." So I was like, oh, <laughs> "Go Saturday night." night. <laughs> Man, I know a guy if you need some help, man. Uh, but honestly, like, um, so uh, so the doctor, he's like, like, the doctor did the colonoscopy. There was nothing wrong. Everything was great. And he said, I was, I think I was 20, maybe 25, maybe 25 at the time. 25 he, years at old. At 25, he said he had never seen somebody pass, because I was passing almost a pound of blood. Oh my, oh my god. Yeah. Like he was like, he's like, dude, you've got to calm down. So then I started stressing about trying to be calm. Like I was just losing my mind. I was like, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. And I mean, that was like probably from 25 to 30, man. Like he's like, you just got to calm down. So like, like that afternoon, man, like I got a big bag of weed and I just chilled okay. the fuck out. I was going to, yeah, I was going <laughs> like, to ask like, did you medicate? Did you smoke? No, I mean, like, did like, you do anything like that? Like, honestly, man, like I didn't medicate like most people would. Like, I didn't start drinking. I like, I just kind of did like the regular stuff that I did. Um, but like that day, man, like I smoked a lot <laughs> just because I was like, dude, I was like, if this, if I know that this is what's causing me to like blow blood out of my ass, then I really need to like get it together, Jay. So that's, yeah, yeah man. Holy crap. Okay, so did something happen when you were younger? Nah, man. Like I really lived a pretty I lived a pretty normal childhood. Like uh like it's not like uh, you got to bring a doll and be like and show me where they touched me or nothing. Yeah, like, yeah. That's and and you bring up an excellent point. That is maybe that's a common thing. That's his story is the more common situation. Yeah, that's true. His story it, it, it's and so many people walk around without ever having addressed it. You you got it addressed. You are currently in the process mm-hmm. of addressing it. Sure. But but overwhelmingly, the most common situation is where people are just kind of like, oh yeah, I've got it completely motherfucking under control. And, mm-hmm. Well, I think a and, lot of it is like if you. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was, no. I was saying like um, I think everybody like has a has a childhood that like you may see as something being traumatic, or somebody else may see as something traumatic, but. It really wasn't in in like relation to like the world, you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't like anything happened. But um, at a young age, the last thing I'm thinking about is anyone else. 
You yeah, know what I mean? No, I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, like a lot of it for me was like, it was just dealing with like adult life. Like, um, I just felt like I did not succeed at anything. Like I felt like I'm, I, I'll give you for instance, like, uh, I, we talked earlier, I played golf and, um, I had an albatross, which is a, a, I hit it in the hole in two on a par five. And I literally was mad about it. I was upset personally. Like, you can't get better than that on a par five. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like uh, 130 million to one odds that you'll ever do that in your life. But it's 13,000 to one for a hole in one. I had an albatross, and I was upset about it because it wasn't it it wasn't what I wanted it to be. Like, it failed my expectations. But th- was that was that same mentality something that you did when you were a kid? Like, if you if you got an A, you were like, well, damn it, I should have got an A+. Nah, man, I really sucked at school. Like, I really <laughs> sucked at school. You were like, like, I was good at golf. Like, like man, oh, yeah, dude. School. Like, I like I skated through school. Like, I probably, like, early on, um, I really, like, I, I was terrible in school. And then, like, I just figured out, like, I could kind of skate by. So, I mean, I did pretty decent, like, in high school and stuff, but, like, I sucked bad at school, man. Yeah. Like, but I, I think I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that there has to be some kind of major trauma. trauma. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's what one of, if not A lot the, of people think that that's what it, that's what I it think takes. I think that that may be the largest misconception yeah. surrounding True. it, that there has to be something just nefarious lurking in the background sometimes it's just chemicals man yeah. well sometimes i also wonder if it was like just little things that mounted up to be something more mm-hmm. like if it was like one little step here one little step there that kind of got me closer to that uh depression anxiety versus because some people may just be one thing it may be like they were they were abused in some way shape or form but i wonder sometimes like if it was just in my mind that one little thing and the next thing kind of added up so did it sort of become like Almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy where it's like like you thought that something was, was up and then maybe different things started happening and then you would just sort of start to believe that this is that those negative things that happened are because you're this certain way. Does that make sense? Confirmation bias. Confirmation. Okay, yeah. there you go. Um, so you sometimes. have an idea of, of, of yourself and then like you just start making the rest of the world sort of fit this narrative that you have for yourself sure. and then like, you become depressed? Uh, I felt like I was a terrible person. Like, But if you ask like most of the people that I knew, they're like, yeah, you know, JP's not a bad guy. Um, depending on who you poll and what day, I guess, <laughs> is how that's going to work. You yeah. know? Um, but honestly, like, uh, like, I felt even if I was, like, you know, like, doing everything I was supposed to, I was still a shitty person. Really? Like, I mean, like, for the longest time, I, I, I was like, you know, like, was Hitler that bad? Because like I don't think I'm that bad, but maybe Hitler, <laughs> like maybe I'm as bad as Hitler. I was like, really? Like I didn't kill anybody, man. Yeah. I was like, well, you know, like he, I like I try to rationalize shit like that in my mind. I was like, man, I'm really muffed up. Like I've got something wrong. Really? But then like two days later, I just be like, you know what? You're gonna be all right, man. And I would just go on this ebb and flow, ebb and flow for probably. Seven or eight years like that, man. Serious. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Like, when was the first time someone told you something like you might be depressed? When, when did that? Was it your wife or was it oh, like? Oh yeah, it was my wife. Oh, so no one else has ever said anything. No, no, nobody. I don't think. I think nobody would because like I try to put that jovial face on. Like I wear a really good mask. Like I mean, like I could be like tore up from something that was absolutely stupid. Yeah. 
And then I could go see a bunch of people and I would just like try to put that face on so nobody would see me cracking inside. How how did it feel that moment that you found out who you were when you learned exactly who JP was? Oh man, it sucked. Like I'll be honest, like it sucked when they said like you have severe anxiety and moderate. Did you fall apart right there? Nah, man. Like, I choked it down in front of that lady. I was not going to let her see me cry. I I wasn't going to confirm what she told me. (laughs) You're like, you can't be right. You know. You a lying bitch. (laughs) I was like, no, you are wrong. And I was like, like, I'm so happy. Yeah, like, uh, but I'll be honest with you. I Christmas-treed that test. I don't know what you're talking about. "Mm." I just answered C. So I, um, so honestly, on the way home, I had called my wife um, and she was like, so how'd it go? And I was like, it was fucking emotional. Like, like, I was like, I don't want to tell nobody, you know, but, um, honestly, how did she do that? Was she like, bitch, I told you so. Um, honestly, like my wife, she's been nothing but supportive, which is, is really like hard to find. Um, and she should have left me a long time ago. She should have married up. She really settled. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm you probably just, your coverage. Yeah. Enough. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah. I, I batted outside of my league for sure. Yeah. But um, she she's been nothing but supportive. Um, I really have really like uh, I, I have a really good friend Trent that has always been like a solid person. Like, and he's a good sounding board. Like, if I'm like, hey man, like I'm real fucked up today. Like, we could actually have a conversation. There's literally no judgment. Yeah. Um, I can't say that with everybody because um. I think everybody has some type of preconceived notions of like, or sometimes they're just uncomfortable. Hmm. So um, I never wanted, like you said, I never wanted to be a burden. So I was just like, I would just choke it down. But my wife that day, I called her and I told her, I was like, well, I was like, this is what I have. And she's like, I knew it. And I was like, yeah. And I told that lady in the fucking room that you knew it too. Like, (laughs) cause she, she knew it. Like Jess knew it for years, but um, she's, she's been nothing but supportive. And um, she, I mean, like, she's probably the reason today that I'm still on this yeah. earth. So, how what happens to your what happens to your circle when when you get that realization? All the people that you that are supposed to be close to you, or or they may be, but it just like does your circle change when it's like okay, there's some, I've got to do some work now. Sometimes, um, for me, um, I. It, nobody brings it up, so I don't really talk about it too often. Like, I mean, like if somebody wants to talk about it, I'm more than willing to like give them the spiel. But honestly, like uh, my circle always stays small. Um, I've always kept that because I feel like I don't want to be a, a letdown to somebody else or a burden, so I don't talk about it much. Like mm. I don't want to bring it to them, so like I keep a very small circle. I mean, like man, I could probably call like maybe like eight people, really? real tight, man. Like that's yeah. it because well, it's just. It's what it is. And, like, and yeah. honestly, and just to sprinkle it in there, I think that our society in general, like the whole just American value system very much centers around like personal utility. Mm-hmm. So the notion of being a burden mm-hmm. is just far beyond me. Like, and, and actually in the South too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another value it's system. It's about to pick add up your bootstraps there. kind of thing. Oh yeah. Like, being Southern. So being male, being American and being from the South, there, there are a lot of, there are reasons why, um, white males in, I, I guess, is it the 25 to 45 age range complete suicide mm-hmm. at, the greatest rate in the United sure, States. Yeah. I look, I, those numbers are probably sure. off some, yeah. but it is overwhelmingly white males in, you know, kind of the earning years. Mm-hmm. I can give you this. Um, I did tell a family member one time that they were like, Hey, something's off. What's wrong? And I was like, well, I was like, I have depression. 
and I have anxiety. And they said, what do you have to be anxious or depressed <laughs> oh. about? And I was like, well, this conversation is going nowhere else. Yeah. Yeah. But so. it's like, it's one of the, it's hard to be mad at those people no. because no one, no one understands. Mm-hmm. No one's true, truthfully going to understand but you. Mm-hmm. Um, I might even say your therapist, but like at the end of the day, this is your life story. Agreed. You know, and the least toxic thing is always to not take it personally. Yeah, 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 the, yeah it, exactly. Sure. Is to not take it personally because it's like they're just not going. Even to if understand. it's yeah. intended personally, mm-hmm. and most of the time it's not. Usually, it's just ill executed mm-hmm. and well intended. I think sometimes it's ignorance too. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like, I just want to say, like, some people are just ignorant. Like yeah. they just don't know. Yeah. Uh, People Sorry if will my ask, family member hears that, but I mean... No, like, <laughs> people will ask a question, but they'll forget to frame it. They, they'll forget that they're they're wanting your answer. So, mm-hmm. and I say that, like, I'll ask you a question, and before the question comes out, I'm wanting to frame... I'm, I'm expecting an answer that fits something that I've already... Mm-hmm. Like, I've already made a checkbox or, or what the correct answer is in my head. And when you say something that doesn't jive with that... Uh, there would be a response like, what do you have to be mad about? Mm-hmm. Because the person's always going to be thinking of their self there. True. So they're going to be like, they're going to look at your house and they're going to look at you have a car or you have a job or you have all this other stuff. And they'll and then they'll tell you, I'm sorry, Brandon. And then they'll tell you like, well, you have all this shit. Why would you be, what would you be sad about? And I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand when like, when comedians or famous mm-hmm. people go through and commit suicide or complete suicide. It's just like, well, you got all this money. Like, if there, if anything is a sign that that doesn't mean shit, like that's it. I had a really good conversation once. I talked to my buddy Trent about this, um, and and we were talking, and I said I would trade all of the money, I would trade everything that I could ever have, I would trade everything, I would probably give up golf, and that's like that's Whoa. up there, that's up there next to like yeah. Oreos, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, <laughs> Oreos. Like, like it's up there, man. Um, and I was like, uh, I was like, I would give up everything just to be happy. And the thing is, like, people that have money, like, it, it's, I know it's a cliche, but you can't buy happiness. Now, sometimes you can put a down payment on it, yeah. but you can't buy happiness. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would give up everything just to go a day just to be happy. Really? And, like, that's, that's sometimes where, like, because I can't even give myself, like, I couldn't even be elated about having an albatross. I couldn't even be elated. I, like, I just shrugged that off. Like, because I, I think for a depressed person, at least for myself, um, happiness terrifies me because i walk with depression i'm comfortable like it's a good pair of old shoes like i'm comfortable with it mm. but happiness it's like you me. know what to expect you know sure, exactly sure. what to expect but yes. the thing is is like happiness if you're on a if you're on a good trend and then like i just can realize that like if i fall from up there it's a lot farther fall down to mm. where i'm at now and you can't half-ass enjoy that mm-hmm. up upswing because you're like well this is coming to a fucking crashing halt oh for sure man it's like and it, it's kind of like that Debbie Downer on SNL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, I mean, it's it's not as comical, but I yeah. mean, obviously, like that's what it is. Like you're just like, oh, like this is great. Like I could probably hit like a scratcher for twenty bucks. I'm like, well, fuck, I'm gonna get a ticket on the way home. I'm gonna have to use this. You know, like it's always the flip side of that coin for me. And and again, like there there is a lot of utility in the notion of, um, you know, you were talking about people from the outside seeing all the. Uh, like actual physical things that mm-hmm. you have and the stuff that you have going for you, um, there is utility on your terms. Like mm-hmm. for you to take inventory of, 
I know I guess you could say counting your blessings. I think there is something therapeutic about sitting there and acknowledging it, but you do it yourself. When other people are pointing it out, there is little to no, actually there is no utility Mm -hmm. in it. It's really just a lack of acknowledgement of you going through some shit, for Mm -hmm. real. God. I can agree with that. When was the last time you you lived in a, in the moment for anything? <sighs> Jesus, man, I'm 34. I'd when say, we had them chicken wings, yeah, oh, those chicken wings, <laughs> those chicken wings were good. I was living in the moment until you said you didn't eat that bone. And I was like, I'm out, I'm out. I was like, uh, yeah, you really you really shit on that one for me, uh, man. Probably living in the moment, man. Probably I would say. And I asked just because you said like it's hard to be happy about anything, so I just man, want to know. I'm gonna you. say probably. The last time I can honestly say that I was like happy, like in a moment, was when I got married. The day I got married, yeah, that'd be August eighth. If my wife ever listens to this, <laughs> I do know our anniversary date. Uh, it was August. That was 8th. August first. Yeah, yeah, man. Eight eight oh nine were for me. You know? Really? Yeah, because I, I can't remember shit, so I got to remember numbers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that was probably the last day I can honestly say that I was in the moment and I was happy. Really? Like that? I mean, yeah. That's yeah. ten years. Yeah, homie, man. Like it sucks. But I mean, like this is how, like this is how I explain it to like everybody else. Like, I'm just trying to get on a better trajectory because, like, sometimes like I'm at ground level and sometimes I want to be on the 32nd floor. Yeah. But like, you gotta take some flights of stairs to get there. You know. Yeah. What after after going and talking to a therapist, what is a what does a low look like for you now? Because I um, think a lot of people think that once you go to a therapist, it's just like oh. It's good. It's fixed. And do you expect to just walk out like a ray of sunshine? So I'll be honest with you. I had this agreement with my wife. I was like, I'm only going for three months. I was like, I'm only, I was like, I'm going to go for three months. I'm going to give you my promise. I'll do three months. After that, I'm out. I'm Mm. not doing this anymore because I can get through this. Right. And that was five, six months ago. And I'm still (laughs) Still going. going. um, A lot of that though is um, a low for me. Honestly, Um, I try to be more analytical now. I try to see like, my therapist always says, uh, find your why. Like, why do I feel this way? Yeah. And so Label that's, your emotions. So yeah. why do I feel this way? And then like, if it's something I caused, yeah, you should feel shitty about it. But if it's something I didn't cause, then I should just be able to think about it and let it go. That's and, hard for me to do. Ooh, that letting go, letting go translates across so yeah. many different avenues of your fucking yes. existence, man. Yeah. That letting go. Yeah, I, she she gets into a lot more like uh, clinical terminology, but right. like I'm just giving like the layman's terms because like I mean, I mean I can't give you everything that she gives me because it's. But a should something content. like that be like analytical and, and like logical and clinical well, or for like me? It, for was me. it was it the and, and I could be completely off, but I feel like it was the Buddha. And you know, I don't you know, I'm not religious or anything. The Buddha that said that um attachment is the root of suffering. Hmm. So hmm. I think that's, that's deep. That's that really is yeah. is where, where we're at with it, is that clinging on to shit. Mm-hmm. That whole and we and we talk about holding on to the edge of the pool as well, but god damn man, yeah, it's, it's frightening as shit. I understand. Mm-hmm. Well, I like Letting go for me would be letting go of the thought of like being a failure, letting go of certain things that um, I don't want to say like that aren't failures, but things that like I perceive, like my perception of what I've done. Like, um, and a lot of that letting go is like, then maybe I'm not as shitty of a person as I think I am for me. Now, that's just for me. I'm not saying that for all yeah, the press right. people. I can't speak for the group, I can just speak for me. Yeah, but from my corner, that's where I like, that's where I'm at. Hmm. How? Whew. 
I was gonna I was gonna ask like can can you envision uh, a JP that is one hundred percent happy right now? Man, I don't know. Like that's a that's a real deep. Uh, I would love to think of that. Like it's kind of like. Um, like futuristic, yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things I need to take care of myself, um, mm-hmm. and dealing with that internally and dealing with with a therapist. But I, I mean, like I don't know, man. Happiness seems so far away. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the idea is like uh, if you're running a race, like the problem is like that finish line for me, as far as I run, feels like it gets further away. It doesn't feel like I'm making progress. It's like a mirage, dude. It's a mirage, like, yes. well, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's it called? The um, uh. Some some kind of concept that Doctor Smith told us about. Mm-hmm. It's a, a type of treadmill, uh, conceptually that you're just it, you constantly are on that Brandon. chase and you never end up actually. the The concept of happiness is not something to be achieved. Mm-hmm. It's a practice. Yes, it's just like I we've said. It. Gratitude or, or happiness pursued eludes. Gratitude given returns. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I was going to say is that. And I'll say I'll reference one video that that you did, Chris, on our Instagram when you were talking about like just fucking fight. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we, we're on this earth. We're just fighting, you know. And we're we're constantly on this grind. And maybe the key for or towards happiness, not to you know like to happiness, but maybe the key towards happiness is telling your story, and it's. It's just spreading that part and not so much thinking of the goal of being happy JP because maybe that's – we'll never understand because at the same time that you're pursuing, you're also growing. You know, mm-hmm. Different things are going to be important to you and all that kind of stuff. And so like I feel like – and I'm no therapist. I know nothing about the sorts, but I could just sort of see at least for myself the only way for me to – to be 100% happy is to give happiness to other people. Yeah, and that's and that's actually what my therapist talked about is that like I will do acts of kindness and, and I'm not saying that to I'm not saying that to like be braggadocious. Like I'm not saying like um what I'm saying is that like I do things for other people because I think deep down like it does make me feel a little better because I am being able to be of help or I can do something for somebody else. Um, and it may not be something visible, but like, mm. um, I know that that is one thing that, uh, my therapist has touched on that. Like, um, I try to do things for other people and I don't know, we're kind of getting into the meat and potatoes of that. Like if it's like me trying to get their acceptance or if it's more for like my self worth, that's where you're going to want to know what your why is behind. Yeah. Yeah. Things. And that's, and that's actually what we talked about before my time was up because you know, I can only pay so much at a time, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like that, a taxi cab. Yeah. Real quick. That concept that dr smith had talked about the hedonic treadmill okay hedonic and um also known as hedonic adaptation is the observed tendency of humans to quickly return to a relatively stable level of happiness despite major positive or negative events or life changes according to this theory as a person makes more money expectations and desires rise in tandem which result in no permanent gain in happiness. Brickman mm-hmm. and Campbell coined the term, but it was Isink. I don't know, you probably have heard the term Isink. Isink is really the uh, psychologist that 
made it okay. somewhat famous. I thought huh. that was a Smirnoff thing. I will beat your ass. <laughs> I will beat your ass, Man. Brandon. <laughs> nice. Oh nice. My God. I'll give you a hedonic ass whoop. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that makes total sense. I mean, no matter what you do, like we were just saying, there's always going to be things changing. Your hierarchy of needs is always going to be in flux and so and honestly there's a flip side to that mm -hmm. that's the beauty of human innovation and adaptation is that constant that never being satiated that reaching for more yes but sometimes it can make a turn on us man Mm -hmm. and it it, in in the in certain contexts in particular yeah you know do you think that maybe part of this part of why we feel and I'll and maybe I'm making an assumption. Please, someone correct me if I'm you know over speaking. Do you think that part of why we feel that we're in this chase for happiness or we'll never get it is because society and media and all this stuff paints this picture of what the happy life should be, and you know we we forget about we're we're told how the the world and I've said this before we're told about how the world should work so much. So that we forget about how the world and ourselves do work. I will say real quick, advertisement and its conventional manifestation started, really started with uh, military propaganda. Mm. Whether that be domestic military propaganda or foreign military propaganda, it was instilling this sociocultural value of duty, obligation, and investment. Mm-hmm. And then that has translated into what we have today, this consumer fucking culture. And then it is, it's it's constant, like, these little dings, these little gratifications, tiny ones, one right after the other, instead of having anything that you work for and invest yourself into mm-hmm. and attain. Because I, I think we all know that Delayed gratification, like you investing time meticulously into into something and then getting a return, has more merit than posting something on Facebook and getting mm-hmm. five likes real quick. You know, how is it being being depressed in the age of Facebook, where everyone is putting on a show, everyone is putting on their favorite face or their, you know, you see people that that literally will put on makeup to take an Instagram mm-hmm. picture. Or something like that. How do you feel? How how do you function in a world like that? So I actually got off of Facebook and Instagram for probably a year and a half, maybe like a little over a year and a half, probably. I just got away from it completely. I was like, I cannot. It, it wasn't like I was trying to compete with the Joneses. I don't want that to be. I just didn't want to be a part of anybody's life. And I didn't want to see anybody else's life. Mm. So I was like, I don't want to deal with your shit. And I don't want you to have to deal with mine. Do you think that it's be? Do you think that it's because maybe, maybe they were also putting on a mask and they didn't know what, what could be what's actually going on? They're not really living their truth. I, you know, I don't even know because, like, because um, as weird as it sounds, like I don't get caught up with other people's lives. Yeah, like I like, like I like seeing something in like uh, in passing, but I'm not really, I'm not the one that's gonna get on Facebook and like stalk somebody and like mm-hmm. look at all their photos. Like if I see something I do, if I don't, I don't like usually, um, I'm really focused on, um, it, now that I'm on Instagram and Facebook again, um, I'm really just focused on like 
things that actually make me happy. I don't want to focus on any negativity because I feel like um, if you surround yourself with it, then it's going to be part of you. So I've tried to really like just look at positive shit, like just because I feel like that's going to, it's kind of like faking it until you make it kind of idea. Like I'm just trying to fake this happiness. I'm trying to like, trying to, I'm trying to make myself like, mm-hmm. uh, like kind of like speaking it into the universe and then it'll happen. Law you know? of attraction. Yeah. I mean like, it's just, it's kind of what it is. Like I, that's what I'm trying to do now. But, um, I mean, I never really got focused on other people's stuff. Mostly as bad as it sounds, I was very selfish because I just want to be numb. I didn't want to be happy. I didn't want to be sad. I just want to be numb. That way I couldn't let myself down and I mm-hmm. couldn't let anybody else down. All right. So we talked about the failures for you. What's a win for you look like right yeah. now? man, every day, every just day, just waking up, just being able to make it to the next day. Because like, there was a point in time where I know for a fact, um, and, and I'm not trying to like glorify this. There was a point in time where I was like, every day I was trying to plot my own death. Wait, are you okay to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, like, I'm, what, what was that like? Uh, man, it was really grim. Um, but like, I was so comfortable with it because like, I'd, I'd thought about it. I'd thought about it. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like I could justify people completing suicide. I mm-hmm. could actually justify it. Like I, in my mind, I was like, I I'd actually spoke it. I'd spoken to a friend about it one time. They had said something about uh, people who, co- who complete suicide uh, are, are uh, how do you say it? He said they're pussies and they're selfish. And I, and I looked at him and I was like, uh, I disagree and there was a that's group, a good way to put it right there, there was a kind way to put it because i've been like fuck you well there's there's a group of guys that were sitting <laughs> yeah. at the table and they and he was like what do you mean and i was like i was like honestly man speaking from a person that's been there and kind of not too far from it i don't think you can say that because you don't know what's going on in their life and like fucking crickets mm. nobody said nothing there was no rebuttal and i think it's because I, I guess because I put on such a good mask that people wouldn't expect me to say that. So then when I did, they were just like, oh shit. Mm. And I mean, like, it was kind of it was kind of eye-opening for them, but I mean, like, I try not to like I try not to open that up. Like you said, I don't want to be a burden. Yeah. But because of that, like what I'm trying to do is like just kind of internalize it. But if somebody says something that's completely off the cuff and makes absolutely no sense, like I'm more than willing to be like, yeah, man, like I don't think you know what the fuck you're talking mm-hmm. about. Because like I I think that if somebody, from my perspective, if somebody is so tormented with the life that they have that they think that they would be better off dead, mm-hmm. I can sympathize with that. Mm. Like, I, I can't empathize. I can sympathize because I've thought about that. Yeah. So then when you think about it, you're just like, you know, I can see how they got there. And then all of a sudden, like, it, it puts you in a different perspective of that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something that... Um, that I that I I still think about. Um, one of my friends it was probably in, I think it was in 2015, maybe 2015. I, I got word that that he completed suicide, and and I remember um, at I was at work and and his girlfriend, whom I had like I I probably only talked to her maybe one time. Somehow she got my number, and. Um, uh, she told me that that his name is Kyle. She told me, "Hey, Kyle, Kyle committed suicide." And I was, I was, I remember exactly where I was. I was walking through the hallway of the office, and I was like, "What?" And then I just, I just lost it because, 
like the day or a day or two before Kyle, he hit me up and he was like, Hey bro. Um, I just want to get a fresh start on my laptop, man. Can you, can you like, I'm going to bring it over to you. Can you just erase everything on there? Just, uh, let me know what I need to do. All this other stuff. I was like, Oh hell yeah, dude. And then we mm-hmm. talked about like, he wanted to start this clothing company and I remember perfectly, he wanted to call it rock shed clothing. I have no clue why I still even look up what a rock shed is. Still don't understand why he, you know, literally I looked this up like maybe two weeks ago. I was like, what the fuck is a rock shed? Yeah. Why would Kyle want to name a company rock shed clothing? I don't know why. But he, you know, I wiped his laptop and I, I, I came, I, I don't know if I still have his last text message on, on my phone. I might still have it. And um, he, he said, like, I, I said something funny. He was like, well, paint me green and call me a pickle. And I was just like, that just sounds like some shit that he would say, you know. And then I get word that he's gone. And I was just like, what the hell? And I remember going to going to his visitation and i'm sitting here looking like a dumbass because i brought his fucking laptop to you know because uh. <laughs> his sister was like hey can you you know is that cool to bring that so i'm like at this visitation with a mac and i'm just like here and i felt like i felt like like i contributed to that mm-hmm. i felt like i i helped him do that because anyone will ask me to just do a data erase that's nothing you know what i'm saying and so that's something that still bugs me a little bit. And I, I wasn't as close with him as, as other people were. But I, I thought, I mean, we talked about, like, he, he would talk to me about, like, we would talk, like, financial stuff. And he was like, man, I'm always broke. I got to figure out why I'm always, like, I never have money and all this stuff. And he was always really, really funny. And so we would just, we would joke around. We would talk about more serious things and what I thought that he would talk with most of his friends about. Like, I would never party with them. I was, I felt like I lived life vicariously through him because every time we would meet up, I'd be like, what's some crazy shit you did now? Like, which chick did you smash out now? You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so I was always like, just, I loved all of his stories. But when when he was gone, man, it it just, I don't know, it's, it's done something weird to me. And so with that being said, JP, please stay here. No, 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 like, no I'd like no, no, no. I know, I know. Whatever, whatever. I'm just telling you, like, I want you here. If if anyone is going to tell you, like, like I know you and I only like talk on Instagram or whatever, but like, I value ninety five percent of the people that <laughs> on, on on social media or something like that. But truthfully, if someone's going through some shit, like, I, I like maybe it's selfish that I internalize it or something like that. Hmm. But like. I just like, I want you here, bro. I appreciate so, that. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, like, there's nothing in the near future. Like, there's no, like, I don't <laughs> have like, a calendar. You got you know? it in your calendar, man. Show me your <laughs> it's, phone. Uh, it's in there. Nah, God you, damn it. <laughs> if you want to look at that, I got bills. I mean, but if you look at them, you got to pay them. That's how that works. Um, <laughs> He's like, light bill, I, cell phone bill. Kill yeah, myself. Help out, Kalu. <laughs> like, yeah, be yeah. part of the solution, bitch. Yes, be but, part of the solution. I mean, like, uh, a lot of it, like, um, honestly, like, as weird as it sounds, like uh, listening to the the I think the first podcast I ever listened to was the one you all did about depression. You'd shared that same story before, yes. and um and that was one of the first ones. And I was like, damn, that hit real close. It affects, to dude. It affects people Man, that you don't even think that it would. It hit me in the chest. I was like, fuck me, like what happened here? And like and for the longest time, like uh, I wouldn't want to feel anything. And like for that first time, I was like. I felt like I had to do something. Like mm. I was compelled. I was like, I got to get my shit together because, like, um, I can't. I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the gentleman's name that was on here, but um, Andrew. He, Andrew had put yeah. like he just told this story, and I was just like, God, like I've been there, man. Like yeah. I 
feel him. And, um, and then like that kind of started the ball rolling. And, um, and obviously, like I said, like with talking to my wife, like she was very adamant that, cause she had said like, you know, she couldn't do anything to help me. Mm. I had to do it on my own. It's true. And, um, and I mean, like, it's very true, and, and it's and it's tragic because like like she hitched her wagon to me, yeah, and like she hitched her wagon to all the shit that I got to yeah. deal with too, yeah, and um and I I really felt bad because she had to deal with a person that had depression, mm-hmm. and for years like and you don't want to be a burden on anyone exactly, and I yeah. thought for the lo- the first time we'd ever talked about it, like I was like I don't know what you're talking about, like I literally tried to just lie through it. I was like she really. Is- She's off her rock. Snipers. Women know shit that Man. like they're like yeah. She knew it and I was like, ah. Yeah. Oh. So like I mean that's actually one of the things I've talked about in my um in my therapy sessions. Like my wife knew this. Yeah. And like she could smell it on me. I just mm-hmm. never talked about it. Hmm. So yeah. It's a... do you did you talk to your parents or anything like that about this? No. Uh well I told I, I talked to my parents about it and um it was uh it was kind of mixed reviews. Uh it was one of those things where they're like, nah. Like we gave you everything. Was it kind of like one of those things? Uh, no, was it was it? like my father was very supportive. He was, um, he was like, you know, he's like, if you need to go talk to somebody, maybe once or twice, you'll be good. And I was like, I don't know. When was he born? Ah, uh, man, he'll be sixty-two next month. So. so maybe, maybe it's a product of the generation. Kind well, of I mean, like, yeah, because I mean, like, I think um, you you talk about generational stuff. I mean, like, it's kind of funny because my mom always gives us. She's like, I could go buy like uh, twenty dollars worth of groceries and get us for two weeks. And I'm like, I can't buy a loaf of bread and fucking <laughs> yeah. milk yeah. for twenty dollars. Yeah, and so like, like where I, are you shopping? Yeah, mom? yeah, slave a lot probably. <laughs> That's what she's <laughs> That'd be my guess. I had a buddy in high school that always called it slave a lot. He said, and he was like, he's like, man, I work in Slave a lot. And I was like, where? And he's like, you know, Save a lot down the road, but yeah. we call that bitch Slave a lot. <laughs> oh People come God. in denting cans trying to get shit for cheap. Oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, man. That's like, a great idea. That's a really, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what they did, yeah. man. I require these tomatoes, but they're <laughs> yeah. damaged. He's just like poking holes in <laughs> Yeah, he was just, be- I mean, just, he said you'd see people just like in, uh, uh, what was the movie with Adam Sandler? Uh uh, Big Daddy, where the yeah. kid was just dropping stuff, like <laughs> stock went down, like that. I mean, he said it every day. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like uh, I, I, my parents weren't like, oh, it makes sense. It was more like you're gonna have to deal with that. Like it's yeah. gonna be like you need to take care of that. And just because parents, I, I feel that parents maybe don't want to think that they messed up. I completely agree. I feel yeah. like parents don't want to take. I think that if you say personally, if I say something like that, my parents are going to take it to the point where saying, "Well, I was a bad parent." Yeah. Like I don't know if you were or not. I can only gauge you on like you being a parent to me. But I will say this: that like, if I explain that to somebody that like I'm going through depression, I don't want sympathy. I don't want anything like that. Like, just say, "Hey, man." Is there anything I can do? Like, just like be supportive, like, or like something like that. Instead of saying like, Hey, just get your shit together. Cause I mean, like I've been trying to get my shit together for 34 years, man. Like it's not together. It's going to be a while. Okay. So as a, as a depressed person, what does support, what's good support to you? Maybe, is that something that just depends on the person? Man, honestly, for me, uh, it's honestly as weird as it sounds, man. Cause I'm not a super people person. Uh, like just checking in sometimes with somebody like, like I'll send a text message like, Hey man, how's it going? Like I just do that to like, I think subconsciously to let people know that I'm still here. Like, cause I think sometimes people did worry. Um, I know for a fact my wife did, so I'd be like, hey, I hope you're having a great day. Like, and I think that's kind of a confirmation to her that like I'm still making it. Yeah. But uh, I mean, like, I th- I think just like support and like just not really like checking in, but you know, like just 
seeing somebody, you know, like, uh, I think support for me is like, just if I say, Hey man, I'm having a real shitty day. Like either you can say, Hey man, you want to talk? Or you can say like, Hey, do you need some space? Cause I mean, that's really the only two things you need. Like in my opinion yeah, for me, talk or space. Yeah, yeah. Either I need space to like clear my head or like, I'm going to have to get this out. And I mean, my therapist, like she said, I can email her, but I don't want to do it right it's now. It's like, she's about to charge me. Yeah. I'm going to send you a PayPal yeah, link. And you're just fine. like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like exactly, man. Like that's, that's the sad part. You know? Snapchat premium. Yeah. Man, <laughs> just, do you know they have like YouTube? You can go through there and actually do like uh like online therapy. Fuck that noise. Huh? I, you know Yo, what? Thirty-five dollars a session. Here's the thing: in in this day and age, could we if, do that? But not like therapy. Us just talk shit to people. For yeah, that? probably could, man. Yeah. Here's the There's, thing, though, because if if people will pay money to go, people pay for convenience, right? Sure. And for something like that, any sort of healing. Like I don't give a shit who you are, dude. If it's if it if there's a chance, a remote chance that it would make someone's life just a little bit better, if there's a remote chance that that JP can be sitting here with me two weeks from now, two months from now, two years from now, you better get your ass on fucking YouTube <laughs> and pay thirty five dollars or whatever the price is for someone to say whatever they need to say to yeah. you because like anything helps. Sure. Anything helps, in my opinion. Well, I think it depends. Anything helps depending on the person. Yeah, yeah. They're like, smoke PCP, man. Yeah. So yeah. You'll, well, you'll be all right. You'll be real strong. Because, like, yeah. for the longest time, and God love my wife, she put up positive affirmations. Yeah. And, like, she put them up. She's like, babe, I put them on the mirror so when you're brushing your teeth, uh, you can read them. And I'm too busy gagging because I can't brush my back teeth because it's like I'm sucking a dick. <laughs> yeah. You said it's like sucking a dick. That's exactly. Like, I'll be honest with you. Like the Brandon, pe- what's that like? Is, is, he, <laughs> is he telling the truth? You're the one who eats bones. Huh? Nice. <laughs> that was good. That was good. That's because I'm Nigerian. I yeah. do eat chicken bones. Uh, Not man meat. Uh, but he honestly, my neighbors, like, I bet they thought every morning I was sucking a dick. Dude. He's like, oh, 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 that's so positive, <laughs> baby. You, like, burst a blood vessel in your <laughs> yeah. eye from gagging. All the time, man. It looks like I just got beat up. Um, but she'd put these positive affirmations on the mirror, and I was, I like at first I was like, oh, that's really sweet. And I started reading them. I was like, I was like, fuck that noise. Like I don't like like it was, one of them was like, uh, you're a great person. You're gonna have a great day, bitch. You don't know nothing. Like that's exactly. What I was like. Like, I'm I'm like brushing my teeth. Like you don't know fucking nothing. Like yeah, about this. Yeah, like yeah. and I was like I was like I'm probably gonna have a shitty day just because I read that now. And then like yeah. I fall down the stairs, hit my head on the door. It's, like, it's like, because of you. Oh, exactly. It's because yeah. of you. Straight karma, man. Who's yeah. been burning sage? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Man, that's oh. But here's the thing: you can't. It's it's hard to fault them. You know what I'm saying? No, no, I completely yeah. sub- like. And it's I hard think, to fault. Them. I think that she was trying everything she could to hold on to. Uh, I mean, to hold on to me, however much she values that. I mean, like, yeah. obviously more than I valued myself at the time. Yeah. But she did everything she could, and I, like, she just kept me moving, mm. and uh, it, it definitely moved the needle for me. Like, I, I definitely like. Uh, did not want to talk about it for the longest time. Like I kept my shit together. And funny thing, like you'd asked me to be on the podcast and like, I talked to my buddy Trent and he's like, dude, you should really tell your story to somebody. Cause like, this could be helpful. And I was like, nah, man, nobody wants to hear the tragic shit dude. that's going on with me. And, and like, my wife was like, why didn't you tell me about this? And I was like, yeah. uh, well, cause I didn't really want to talk to nobody about it. And she's like, this is super important to get this message out there. And I was like, well, and she might it, it, like, did it hurt her that maybe someone, someone who is supposed to be 
so close you you just don't let someone in on stuff like that no uh, i think she understands that there's sometimes there's things that like i just have to deal with internally and That's like cool. um and she's really cool with that like she's like hey if you want to talk about it i'm here whenever you're ready and then, like, she just backs off. And like, that's the last person that you want to negatively that you want, impact. Yeah. Exa- exactly, yeah. yeah. And and it's funny because, like, I didn't know that I neg- negatively impacted her until, like, we had that conversation. And she's like, I don't want to come home. Hmm. And I was like, woof, that's pretty rough. Because yeah. I mean, like as a man, you're like I'm. I'm holding my shit together. I'm doing everything. I'm it's more than my... just paying bills and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah. It's and, so and, much more than yeah, just taking care of shit in the house. I completely agree. And and the thing is, like, uh, she said that uh, she said this one time. She's like, "How can you be the best? How can you be the best JP for me if you're not the best JP for you?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Man, that's pretty. That's pretty heavy. I, I don't know if I can handle that right now." Yeah. Um. And then like I just chewed on it for a little while, but I mean. Uh, I've, I mean, if it wasn't for her and obviously my buddy Trent, like I, I don't think that I would be, um, in a positive direction that I am now. I'm, sure. it, I'm not saying that like happiness is right around the fucking corner. Like I'm, I'm, you're on, you're on the pursuit and that's what matters. Sure. Yeah. Cause there's so many people that are, that are just in neutral. There's so many people that are just going through the motions and just doing the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's the best that you can do. I agree. But when when you feel that something, when you recognize that something has to change, like you, there's just a little bit more that I feel like you got to do. And and I'll I'll say this, uh, I don't know what my rock bottom is, and I don't know ro- what my rock bottom was, but rock bottom didn't scare me mm. because I'd already contemplated how I could complete suicide i was like you know can't be that bad you know like yeah. but like as some people say like if you're an alcoholic or something they're like you know this is my rock bottom like i don't know that i could have ever gotten there i just know that i had an exit strategy what if can you talk about that what what was your exit strategy how did you want to go oh out? man i had a really good excuse and i had a whole insurance thing to go with it okay like uh so i i worked night shift for years man um, and I remembered the, I remember, I can tell you the first time I ever thought about it. Oh man, this is even deeper. This, I can actually tell you the first time I thought about it. I was living in Florida. I lived, um, uh, in, I lived in Punta Gorda, Florida and I had to drive over into Northport and I was, I was just feeling real shitty. You know, like, uh, I used to make the joke in my life, I was just feeling low, you know, like, the, mm-hmm. um, and she was my girlfriend at the time. And the first time I had ever thought about it, I was like, you know what? I was like, I had to go over this bridge. Um, I can't remember the waterway that was over. I was going from Punta Gorda into Northport, and I was like, and I was going into Port Charlotte, uh, and I, I was like, you know, if I just take this bitch into the water, I'll be all right. And I was like, I didn't want to do it because I had four 15 inch subs in the back. That's it. That's, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't want to well, do it. What, what kind of they, were, they, they, were, they, were they Rockford Fosca? This man was the sub plug, bro. So, uh, the last system I had, I hit 168.3 decibels. Jesus. Uh, I had four. That's crunch. an airplane. I had a I had, solo X's. I had four 15 inch solo X's. I had you uh, dirty slug. I had, <laughs> yeah, you're 
warlock. I'm trying to think. Is, dude. It, I'm trying to think. Out. I had a I had a hybrid cap from Stinger. I had four marine batteries. You would have went wanging off the side of that bridge. <laughs> yeah. So I'll tell you, the, like a beat would have like kept pulling, like pulled <laughs> yeah. your ass out of the water, bro. So this is this is actually kind of funny. Um, I got pulled over three days before that because I'd had an amp rack in the back and all the amps were lit up and like I had a wall. I literally had a wall. Yeah. Like in a two door blazer. So it's really like if I got if I had a front end collision, yeah, homie, I'm there's a sub box taking my head down. Yeah. I had um I had four 15 inch L sevens and I had a wall of amps in the back. And it was beautiful. And yeah. the magnets L- on listen, them is heavy this, too. this this dude here, JP he put in my very first system in my car oh, when I was Jesus. 16 years old. Yeah. I remember it was so funny. I took my parents' car and I was like, Oh, was that your put, parents? Yeah. And I was like, nice. let's put subs in this bitch. Dude. So that's <laughs> what so the hell, Kalu? <laughs> no, so it I was so awesome. I've had some pretty cool systems, but I got pulled over and yeah. the cop was like, Hey, you've got a taillight out. And I don't do really well with authority as it is. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, I was like, do you mind if I take a look? And he's like, no, you can stay in your car. And I was like, all right, then just give me a ticket. And he was, and he was like, "No, we don't have to do all that." And I was like, "Cause there's not a fucking taillight out, yeah. man." And I was like, "If you want to see the subs in the system, just ask. I'll show it to you. I don't play it because like it's aggressive." Yeah. Um, I set the Florida state record in DB drags with that truck. Are you um, serious? It was one sixty eight point three. I got one sixty eight point five in Tennessee one time, but it was just because it was warmer weather. It was, it yeah. was, it was, it was fantastic, man. I remember, I remember setting my cell phone. On top of your roof of your car yeah. or your blazer, and it, you, it just threw my phone. That was up. was I that was the like, black blazer? That yeah, was the black blazer so where the, you had those diamond audio. I had 15. four twelve inch. No, I had four twelve diamond yeah. audio D threes. Yeah. I had a Planet Audio amp. It was it's beautiful, man. Golly, I said it. I said an alternator on fire. Are you serious? Set an alternator. On see fire. that's the, see that's the 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 JP that I knew. Like the because you were it was you were always funny and like you were just like he was like a real life Cartman. The way that he would like, screw guys, I'm going home. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I mean, you would like, you would always make the jokes. You you were always making people laugh, and me and him worked at Target as kids in Food Avenue, Food and Avenue. I stole so many cookies out of the back. <laughs> Bro, you and me both, dude. Man. Like, I bet I ate a case in a weekend, man. <laughs> and then they let me go zone over in lingerie. Yeah. Oh man, and they're like, why fantastic. are we losing so many cookies? Yeah. Our cookie inventory <laughs> it took a hit, yeah. and all these bras got cookie crumbs all over. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. Women are just complaining. I hope there's a statute of limitations on that because I literally just confessed a theft. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. That's hilarious. It's all kind of criminal them. activity. It really <laughs> is. There really is. All right. Let's uh what I do, what? do you have any do you have any children? Oh, I don't really sorry. No, no, no. I don't have any that I know of. Uh, ha ha ha. <laughs> uh, no, uh I, my wife and I uh, we haven't had any yet. Um you know, maybe in the future, hopefully. Well, I didn't know how much of a role like genetics plays into dr- depression so i didn't know if that's something that could be passed on or i don't know or how that's you a would, fantastic yeah, question yeah. or how yeah. you would treat children like knowing that you're depressed now like and them growing up is that something that somebody actually asked me one time they said uh you know if you're depressed why don't you have kids it'll make you feel better i was like what? i was like are you fucking crazy <laughs> i was like i can barely sleep as it is right now like yeah. you think I, if i gotta like i got somebody i gotta keep breathing is gonna make yeah. that any better you know, there's a lot of people out there that think that it'll just fix things. Well, a lot of people think they'll fix their finances too because they can get something back from Uncle Sam. Oh, it is, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trashy people. Huh? I God, know. Trashy people. I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, 
Do did you have any Good other questions? Questions? Well, no, yeah, I, I was just wondering if I'll like, give you any candy. Was like, your was your like you don't know if like your dad or your mom or anything. That's just not something that they'd address. No, well, because they're that old school mentality, man. You'd choke it down, you know. Yeah. Like, and it's I think that's why we do a disservice to young men. Now, mm. I'm not trying to keep this going, but no, 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 that's fine. We I think we do a disservice to young men because we don't let them deal with their emotions, but we tell young girls that they can talk about their emotions. Yeah, and as a as a boy, you're like you know you gotta you just Dust yourself off, rub some dirt on it, you'll be okay. Yeah. But that's not really how that goes. Mm-hmm. And we treat women, and, and women can actually handle a lot more trauma and a lot more things yes. better than men can. Yeah. I 100% believe that. And I think true. that's just because how we're raised as men. Yeah. We're not We're not built, like, every, everything is, like, Chris is obviously a different case because he was raised by, you, you were raised by predominantly women. And so, um, almost entirely, almost entirely by women. So, but not like the stereotypical, like you got hugs and ass whoopings at the same time. I did. I got hugs and, and ass whoopings both. And then also made fun of just perpetually and picked on and ass. I mean, it it was, it was pretty rough and tumble with sisters and a mom, but, um, yeah, I, I I think one of the big issues is whenever we, speak up as men and talk about the hegemonic elements of like patriarchy and shit and how it's like, well, little boys aren't taught to express themselves openly. Mm. It comes off to some people who aren't trying to hear that shit as men adding fuel to a, a pre-existing fire. When in reality, I think that that's part of the indoctrination process for patriarchy is to, socialize young men into yes. that mentality yes. because then that mentality is what perpetuates mm-hmm. patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That lack of empathy, that mm-hmm. lack of emotion, that if I can do it, then your bitch ass should be able yeah. to fucking do it too. Yeah, and you know, I I coach youth sports and stuff like that. And you know, this was last year was my first season head coaching a, a youth football team. And so And badminton. Nope. Football. <laughs> I've done. I've done basketball. I've done. You know, like I've assistant coach football. But like I had this team. It was. It was a lot. It was from. There. I don't feel like there's a bad part of town. You know, but it sure. was city school kids. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And um, they. A lot of them didn't come from the the typical type of family. Sure. And so there was. There was a lot of those things where the dads would tell them toughen up. You know, if they got sad or if they got down or something like that. And the I remember the our very last game and our team was good. We just, we tied our very last game. Should have won it. It's, it's bullshit. Anyway, but <laughs> that, that last game in our final huddle, I was crying when I was talking to these kids. They're like six, seven years old and I'm crying, telling them how much I'm going to miss seeing them grow. And I was telling them how jealous of I, how jealous I am of their parents that they get to see them like experience so much more in life than football. Mm-hmm. And so, the f- and when they were looking at me, they were like, "What the hell is happening?" It's like they'd never seen a man like a grown man go out there and like pour his heart out mm-hmm. into them. You know? What yeah, I mean? they're gonna grow up. They're gonna be like, "You want to know the weirdest shit that I, I saw?" Seen? This man, Coach Kalu, his big old strong black ass man. <laughs> he, he started was crying. crying. He started crying. He had a snot bubble and everything. <laughs> he said, "Call me Uncle Lou." <laughs> <laughs> Call me Uncle Lou. But it's it's something that 
it needs to start. And I'm not saying dads just start crying. You know what I mean? No, I'm just saying like I feel. I think showing there. emotion. Showing I think emotion. You can is show so an emotion because if you look at a father and you only see an authority figure, yes, then you don't see a human. You don't see. I mean. You don't see somebody that has all the range of emotions. You yeah. know, like um, there's been times in my life where like I've gotten goosebumps over something and I, I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Like yeah. this is my spidey sense kicking in. Yeah. Like, what is going on? But then you're like, I don't know how to deal with it. So mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, what do I do? And then you get fucking panicked. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the the fir- it was the first time I've been in a room where so many grown men were crying. Spoiler alert, bitches. Was at the end of Endgame. Yeah. Oh, man. I've never been in a place where so many grown men were crying together. I got that and kid cry. Going, <laughs> I yeah. got that kid I mean, like, I, I was choked up at, at, like, many scenes in there. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, my God. I still haven't seen it. I, I didn't see- cry at all. Huh? Oh man, I got. I, I was, that, I was sad. You don't have a soul. I was. I don't. I don't. I think I cried harder at Endgame than I did at Logan. And Logan. Logan. Yeah. Yeah. Me that up, was man. a sad movie, man. It was just, but it was it was cool, and, and for me, it showed like that. That's something. It's it's so minimal for for maybe some people who can cry at any movie, right? Sure. Like I I can't I won't cry. Like there's movies where it's like, oh man, this is a moment where you should cry, and like I'll be watching it with my wife, and I'll just like I'll do this side eye. Like, are you crying? Like, you yeah, know oh, I mean? for sure, like, for sure. You know what I mean? I'll I'll, do, I'll be like I'll look and I'll just I'll see that she's like. Doing this number right here, face covered up, eyes are teary and everything. Like I'm gonna be real, like there's moments in the movie Precious. I really that that I'll be watching it with my homies and we have to not laugh because we <laughs> because we know it's not real. Yeah, but the shit that happens in yeah. Precious when she hits that bitch with the frying pan, uh-huh. I about die. <laughs> You're so like, sure. Well, I mean, like. I, but it's kind of funny because like my wife, like if she watches a uh, if she watches a Hallmark commercial, like she is full on crying, and I'm yeah. like, you got to get that together. Like, yeah. what yeah. is that all about? And you're watching Endgame, you're like, <laughs> oh man, like thanks it, for the memories. She's she's watched every Marvel movie with yeah. me, and like she was over there crying, and like I'm over there, like I'm trying to just hold it together. I was yeah. like, oh, I'm just gonna let it go. Yeah. Man. And I had that like kid cry where you're like, <laughs> yeah. like you just suck Dude. it in. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, man. yeah, but it was just a good time for. For just society, for for men, because we could go out there, and I think it's just it's a step in 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 a good direction. I know it's something minimal, but like it's gonna be things like that that really get it to get us to be sort of okay with feeling. Yeah. And as if we do that, a lot of that stuff at an early age, maybe maybe we can reduce, maybe not reduce the rates of of um of depression. But we can make it okay for people to go and talk about it. We sure. 100% can, as a society, yes. reduce the rates of depression. Yeah. There's way too there, many. There's too many, fa- there's too many things that we can easily fix. Absolutely. There are too many biological, social influences that make it hard for somebody that already has a predisposition towards depression. Sure. Yes. yes. All right. So, what were you about to say? Well, I was going to say real quick. So... Oh no. Oh, no, 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 really. Oh, just, no. So whenever God you were talking earlier about the people it. on Facebook and Instagram who put yeah. on the faces and stuff, what about the opposite side? The people who go out there that just pour they, it all out, pour it all out. They seem like attention so, seekers, but like, for what I for for that stuff, at least for me, I it's it's not uncommon for me to send a message to someone and just be like, "Hey, are you good?" Yeah. I'm also very good at spotting patterns. 
And so there are some people where I'm just like, okay, they'll post some stuff and then I, you know, I'll maybe send a message or I'll at least watch it, right? And then a little bit goes by and then they're back up and it's something you're like, oh, okay, that's what it was. And then later on, there's something different. Now, it's not, it's, it's not my place to like judge or anything like that or, or, or give it a name or something mm-hmm. like that because they might be going through some stuff right there. But the one thing that I'll say is that I think Facebook is one of the worst places for that stuff because it's hard for people to tell what exactly is is real or not because and it's it's a shame because there are those people out there that are the attention seekers that have fucked it up for yeah for exactly. those people who who need the attention exactly and and that's what makes it really really hard and so and then there's the part of like not wanting to look like a creeper when you if you send a message to someone you see what i mean like there's there are female friends of mine that are on that are on or female acquaintances or whatever when i'm like i know some shit happened mm-hmm. to you but for me to go in and, and say something it's like so much bad shit has happened elsewhere that i'm just like man i can't say anything right now i can't say anything if i see you in public if if that chance happens then 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 maybe but i'm not going to slide into your dm as they call it you know what yeah, I'm saying? yeah because no. it just because at the same time that i might be checking in are you okay someone else with ill intentions is pr- saying the exact same thing exactly maybe even 10 times better but their intent is to is to take advantage of someone yeah and that's a lot of the reason why i didn't put anything on facebook about like depression or anything like that because the thing is like like you said like some people do seek out like like the attention and stuff like that and like for me like I don't. I didn't want anybody to know about it, so I would never put anything out there about depression or anxiety. I was just straight up like, I'm just gonna keep it to me. So I was like, hey man, here's a funny meme. That's about it. You know, like that's yeah. all I would do. I wouldn't put anything else out there because I didn't think that it was, it would get the wrong attention or somebody would take it the wrong way. And then with this being a small town, yeah. you run yeah, into somebody gonna, and they're right. like, what the fuck? I heard wrong you were wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like. I don't need any of that, you know. Like I don't need that unnecessary attention. Yeah, did, did really, somebody told my daddy he don't he ain't on Facebook. Somebody told my daddy that I was posting about devil worship. Are you serious? <laughs> I was, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. I'm, like, nice. I'm like, of course I motherfucking was. Like, what do you expect? Yeah, yeah. Do you, uh, was there ever a time where? Where you were involved in any kind of a religion or anything like that? Oh yeah, for real. I grew up Baptist, man. So um, I grew up Baptist. I was brought up. Um, I actually went to a private school for uh, up until fifth grade, and then I left fifth grade. Uh, my parents withdrew me out, and we. I went to public schools after that. I was in county school. Yeah. yeah. So did did any of that? You know, when you were going through the depression, did did it once occur to you like maybe I should go and talk to a preacher or something like that? And I ask that just because we live in the Bible Belt, sure, and um, that's just what a lot of people maybe people would suggest that to you or something like that. Uh, if I, I was not in church yeah. like at that moment when I was going, like I was in church going through depression, but I was never at the point where I was going to talk to somebody in church about it. I was having my own religious uh, beliefs being. Um, I was questioning a lot of things at the time. Uh, so, uh, and if anybody, if you want to go talk to your pastor, or like your, your 
reverend or whoever you want, that's fine. But I would say go to a professional that actually like yeah. didn't read out yep. of one book. Yeah, because well, get a, somebody that's got a well-rounded yeah, education. A QMHP, yeah. a qualified mental health professional. Because, All the way. Because really, if you're reaching out to a you know a pastor, minister, someone someone like that, it it's it's going to be it, if there are elements of pray about it or augment your relationship with God, regardless of what you believe, it still kind of falls into the category of fake it until you make it. Sure. Yep. So it's no substitute for going and seeing that QMHP and getting an assessment. Yeah. It, it That's the first thing you got to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once it's just chemicals we're talking yeah. about. It well, is. It's, it's chemicals. It's nothing yeah. to be ashamed it's about. It's nothing to be ashamed not of. To, not to make a joke, but to speak on that, on the way here... I saw a sign and it said, why buy a GPS? Jesus will show you the way. Jesus doesn't know where the fuck I live. Like, <laughs> no, he like, he would have held my eyes a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm just saying, like, yeah. he doesn't know where I live. So because of that, yeah. like, I can't say that Jesus has all the answers. It may be for somebody that is just knee-deep in religion, but I am not there. So I got to talk to a professional because, uh, I, A, I pay that professional, mm-hmm. um, and I pay that co-pay for the Hey, guess what? We pay for all the preachers and everything. I don't yeah, like that. I don't like Tax-free. Tax-free life. We pay for all of them. Can we please not start that? Yeah, right yeah now, don't worry. No, no, we will start reason, that. Because if, if I get that pedestal out, you're going to have to get me off of it. <laughs> Because I'm not good with it, man. No, no, totally. It's hard for me to handle that. Brandon's yeah. playing Angry Birds right now. Huh? I can fuck. You're put your goddamn phone down, boy. <laughs> what are you looking at? Instagram. Nice. No, are you? Uh, but honestly, man, like that's. Uh, I think sometimes people do look for religion yeah. instead of looking internally. Because I'm very self aware. Like yeah. I'm very self aware. So because of that, like I think that I and like I look at myself and I say I'm the one that's wrong, and I need to do something. Because if you go like. If you Google something, you can get multiple things that can confirm what you're looking for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But if you WebMD open, is the worst. Yeah. Oh, man, because everybody like, ends up today. with cancer. Oh, you got measles. Yeah, no. Every time you look up something, it's like, well, it could be cancer. Like, Definitely yeah. my bag is going to drop yeah. off. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Every time. It's happening. But I think I if, can't come in today. <laughs> if, you, if you look up... Um, if you go to somebody that is a, a, a religious person and they just bring the Bible out, that doesn't really give you... Much context, right? It's like it's like bringing out a Spider-Man comic book and being like, "Well, this is evidence that Spider-Man exists." Yeah, like you can't. Like there are good concepts, but they translate across religions and really kind of fall into what amounts to ethics. Yes, mm. yes, I agree. That's that's good. That's good. All right. So we've gone in good length about this. I know that this is something that I want us to continue to discuss. It's something that gets men and women. Um, I do eventually want to have a, a woman on here to talk about her depression as well. And then I also want to talk about family members who are affected by it. So if your friend Trent or if your wife or anyone ever oh, She'll wants talk to, about me. My wife will talk about me. She'll be like, hey, shit, what did he say? Yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. Man, my wife punched me in the throat one time. That's awesome, Yeah, she, And she said that shit like a Power Ranger. She said, Tiger Paw hit me right there. <laughs> <was> Tiger Paw. <laughs> she, oh, she dropped, dude, she dropped me, man. I was like, I, I thought I was going to have to call the police, man. I was worried. She, she just stood over your lifeless yeah. body. She chuckled. Me. She chuckled at me. I'm like, 
punch. I learned that. <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> I learned that from watching Johnny Quest. Man, she straight up punched me in the throat, man. Now I want to start playing the little bongo song, Johnny Quest. Uh, that was such a good cartoon. That it was, was. It's racist as fuck. It oh, it is. is. Oh my god. But everything that was dope back in the day, was racist, like I yeah. go back and watch it. Like I watch Cannonball Run, and God damn it, gentlemen, I just want to say Cannonball Run one and two uh-huh. both make me cry laughing. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> the, oh yeah. Absurdity of the shit, but they are the most racist, yep. misogynistic <laughs> fucking movies ever. Yep. yep. And God bless them. JP, where can we find more information on you? I know you've got your company, so speak about oh, that for a second. Yeah, so um, I'm a, I'm a golfsmith. Uh, I have a Hefty Lefty Club Works. Uh, you can hit me up on Instagram. Uh, I also have heftyleftyclubworks.com. Went live today. Nice. Uh, shout out to my uh, brother-in-law and my sister, Man Made Creative. They're actually the ones that curated everything. That's my awesome. wife wrote the, uh, the copy for it, mm-hmm. so... Um, they can hit me up on there if you need anything repaired. Uh, also, if you want to talk about like depression, if you need some help, like I'm not sure that I can give you help, but I can point you in a direction. Good, good. Uh, so uh, I'm on Facebook now. I'm obviously on Instagram. Uh, What's so, your Instagram name? Fuck, I don't know, man. Uh, it's it's probably like, yeah. hefty on. lefty club works. Yeah, oh, just, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah just hit me up at the business. I don't okay, care. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't there care. There it is. Hefty hefty lefty club works. Um, there's something that Brandon actually just figured out here on Instagram. Talk about that really yeah, quick. So if you search the hashtag depression, uh, a pop-up comes up first and says, can we help? Whoa. Post yeah. with these words or tags you search for often encourage behaviors that can cause harm and even lead to death. If you're going through something difficult, we'd like to help. And there are three options on here that say get support, see post anyway, or cancel. That's, something that's Instagram's, awesome. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Instagram. That's, that's Good hell yeah, IG. Yeah. So shout out to yeah. IG. Yeah. Yes, well, that's, that's Facebook. All, well, Facebook owns Instagram. So, yeah. oh, well, they, Thanks, they're not, yeah, they're not the, the <laughs> brainchild behind <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, it's it's really cool. That, no, that's great. Yeah, that they've come a long way. That people are recognizing that stuff for us. You know, thanks um, for looking that up, Brandon. Yeah. For real, man. Yeah. Like, that's fantastic. Yes, yeah. yes. So if if there's ever if you want to see posts from people who are going through that kind of stuff. Or if you want, if you want references to get some help, just type it up in Instagram. Type depression in there, and it's going to pop up on your device. Um, there's all sorts of places to go and search for, but you, you guys have our info on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Please reach out to us. Like I've, I've said it to you earlier in the episode, but JP, I'll tell you again. <laughs> like I want you here, bro. And so whatever you've got to do. Like I'm, I've got, I'm behind you 110%. And I thank you for listening to our episodes. And it, it, it floors me to know that like the stuff that we were doing in a fucking basement, you know, with like, this is where we, st- we started a, in like a, a dirty, dungeon. just a dirty nice. basement. We, and you know, we the were dungeon family did that too. Like oh. outcast oh, came out of that. Yeah. Like I'm going to be honest. And like, like dungeon family uh, is my shit. Yeah. Now. That's probably, this, that's probably like, my that, favorite stuff. I've got man. that even in darkness. Oh I've got yeah. The whole f- Fucking the like particle board whatever poster yeah of yeah that. Oh, the full fucking size fantastic one. yeah man. dude it's got like, everybody they, they were great they had Killer Mike with them they had mm-hmm. everybody man Chris is falling in love yeah Chris is falling. Falling. I just like Dungeon <laughs> as, Family as, as, as JP talks like Chris's, Chris's pants are just like getting lower no, his and his shirts coming oh, up oh look, he's shirtless now here we go it's just hot no it's it's hot as hell every every titty in this room yeah, is sweaty for though. sure yeah for sure Super and they sweaty. is at least yeah. eight titties in this <laughs> um do we have any other shameless shout outs for anyone uh like i gotta give a shameless shout out to uh tyler young mm-hmm. at uh 
what is this raggedy ass shit called? Grade eight performance. <laughs> That's such a dick move. <laughs> I, I do want to say that uh, our buddy and and former guest, or he was a guest on our podcast, Bartley Weaver. He has now gone pro in competitive eating. Yes. So this man is a competitive bodybuilder and a competitive eater, like world recognized competitive eater. And just eater. a chill ass dude. Just a yeah, cool just, dude. Just but, an awesome dude. But no shit. Uh, shout out to Tyler Young and Grade Eight Performance. Yes. He's doing excellent work. Yes. Uh, I think Fuel Nutrition is growing now. Josh Biggs. I want to everybody give a huge is shout out doing to him, it. Man. Big, his man. last name fits his size. Oh yeah, yes. absolutely. And like, he's it, also a super yeah. nice fucking yeah, dude. Yeah, he's very very nice. So is he dude. teaching classes now? Is that yeah? They're doing they're doing like some like health education class in there to let people understand things like macros and whatnot stuff that's like really important to understand and so like it's it's really good because they're turning into a in my opinion a a resource more than a business you know a resource for the community a resource for knowledge and stuff like that and sometimes that's just all people need they just need to know a little bit of info just if they want to make their lives just a little bit better sure. and so huge shout out to him and all the things streamline. that streamline yes yes keep it all streamlined man it's just it's great uh, and shout so, out to uh, ryan hines yes ryan hines and uh it, you know i i started i took a little bit of time off a lot of it was because i just sort of was uh, irresponsible in general for not taking my pre-workout and so i've been going and taking it like like religiously again and my god i feel a thousand times better when i'm lifting now he's been plugging it uh, oh yeah oh yeah he's been doing really good things so i'm very very proud of him he um, doesn't know what plugging means what do you oh god i'm not no i knew what you i was i was you going right not. i'm not putting my ass dude that's i know that's what you meant dude anyway I do have a fun announcement, you know, here in the next... It hits you quicker. Yeah. Here in like the next couple jugging. weeks. Yes. 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 It's a great idea. Kalu, we're, we're gonna out. Do, we're, no, I'm done. Why are we're, you like this? We're going to do an episode at my pool, because we're getting one built at my house, so Look, it, there, will be a pool, there will be a poolside I'm episode. I'm going to drown in it, because yeah, you are going to drown in it. You can get water wings now. You can get water wings. You'll be all right. Face down like yeah. Great Gatsby in the pool <laughs> with that same damn outfit on. Yep. And so, Brandon in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's at the bottom. I'm excited about that. And you know the the big thing for that there is um, I'm I'm always worried. And this is this is from growing up poor. I'm always worried about like you don't want to buy anything big because what if something happens? You know. And so. The one thing that both my wife and my coworkers have said is like it's quality of life, you know, and it's it's going to be those moments of sitting at the pool and seeing your family do stuff or hanging out with your friends that people just might miss because they might be too consumed with just other shit. And it's it's one of those things where it's like just just pull the trigger on it and just do it and hope for like just good experiences so like it's it's gonna it's more than just having a pool for me it's something that i hope will bring happiness to like my family bring happiness to my neighbors and my friends and i want people to come and enjoy that kind of stuff with us you know we're never gonna have some big ass house but i at least want people to come over and chill out and hang out with me and stuff like that so yeah. i i hope that we can have conversations like these by the side of a pool or something so that's gonna be happening i'm really excited about that Poolside chats yeah, wait, there's gonna be some poolside chats. It just popped in my head. I'm excited about that. <laughs> you gonna have a drink with an yeah. umbrella in it, he aren't is, you? Yes, he is. Two. Yeah. You raggedy bitch. What's what has green eyes and is at the bottom of Kalu's pool? Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon's bitch ass. 
right, guys. I appreciate your time. Thank you all for listening. Again, if you guys need any help, if you have anything that's going on in your life, please, please, please reach out. Hit us up on Instagram. That's at the Salumas. Go on our website. That's www.thesalumas.com. Add a slash podcast at the end of that, and you can listen to all of our different episodes. Uh, Check our merch out on our site. Buy some of our shirts, hats, or whatever we've got on there. Hit us up on Facebook as well. Same thing, The Salumist. Um, And guys, thank you all so much for listening. I hope you guys found value in this episode. And uh, if you do have a story that you want to tell, hit us up and let's get you on. Let's talk about it. So I think on that note, we are out. Peace.